This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. This is Tucker Booth back here with From the Back Tees and Rappers Don't Golf. I have a very special guest on the phone right now. Scott Van Pelt, ESPN anchor of Note, is on the phone talking with me a little bit today about my upcoming piece with Michael J. Whalen. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing very good, man. Thanks for taking this call on a Sunday morning. I imagine this is a busy day for you, so we do appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Uh, I guess for starters... I'm doing a piece with Michael J. Whalen, who was one of the original founders or original producers, I should say, at the Golf Channel, and it's called I Built a Masterpiece and Then I Fell Apart. Michael says that you were someone that he always believed in and that he originally saw the spark in you back when you were just hanging in the library and playing golf with him and Paul Farnsworth. So I guess my first question for you, Scott, is tell me a little bit about how you met Michael J. Whalen and a little bit about how he and you became acquainted. Well, I was there at uh, at the Golf Channel when it was starting. Um, Paul Farnsworth, who, if I say Farns, that's who I'm talking about. Farns was a guy I worked with in D.C. Um, when I was an intern there. And when the Golf Channel was just starting, Farns said, you got to come down here. And I, I visited, and I didn't have anything going that was really worth staying in D.C. for. And um, I got down there and was just, I was going to be a behind-the-scenes guy. I was going to do, you know, production stuff. And it was a startup, you know, we were putting Wonderful World of Golf on TV, like Chichi Rodriguez from Dorado Beach. Like, that's what it was. And um, early on, um, obviously, before we went on the air, uh, I met I met Mike, and um, and like Whalen was fascinating because he was this 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 dynamo. Like if you were if you were to close your eyes and picture like what would a TV executive from you know HBO like what, what would that look like? It would look like Whalen. It was a guy that was immaculately dressed and had had this really um, confident persona, but not off-putting. Like, like I'm not describing somebody that was like um, a cliche or somebody that you like didn't like. You just you were just sort of drawn to him. He had this, this sort of an aura of this guy that was going to launch a network and, and was just had this great belief that it would that it would happen. And um, you know, and the, and the months leading up to the launch of the network um there were just it's hard to describe in a short period of time i'm not good at that anyway but there were just there were just a number of these different opportunities where i was around and they were filming stuff just for the sake of filming it and i was just kind of this knucklehead that was doing like bad impersonations and doing like these impromptu interviews and and i don't know i think farns and whalen just sort of like maybe this guy could try this or try that and they gave me some opportunities to do some things and you know obviously a lot more happened in between but i ended up getting on the air but it, i ended up getting on the air in large part because whalen was like you know this we should let this guy try it hey scott what were, what were some of those early opportunities that they gave you could you describe any of those kind of the the ways that you yeah, got your sure, break sure. well the, the main thing, the main thing that happened um, was that there, Peter Kessler was going to do uh, the first golf talk live with Arnold Palmer, and they were doing um, like rehearsals. And so Farns tells me one day, like at two o'clock, for argument's sake, I don't remember the exact time, but it was like you got to come to the studio and um, and just at, at two. I'm like, for what? He's like, don't worry, about it. just you know, it's no big deal. So I went, and then they said, okay, sit over here, and I go in the studio and. Well, what am I doing? Oh, you just answer the questions. You're just playing the role of Arnold Palmer. And I'm like, well, sure, sure I am. <laughs> so 
I, I'm sitting in studio and um, Peter's going through, you know, like the, the, the questions and just being Peter. And I'm just, you know, answering them, being glib and, you know, cutting up and doing whatever else. Uh, some of the answers I could fudge, some of the others I had no idea. And the story goes that in the control room, the Whalen's looking up at the TVs and says to nobody in particular, who is this guy? And they say, what are you talking about? Is Peter Kessler, he's the host of Golf Talk Live. He's like, no, who's this idiot that thinks he's Arnold Palmer? And it was like, well, no, that's the guy Van Pelt, he's, you know, doing, you know, production assistant stuff here for us. Um, you know, oh, oh, okay. Well, then the golf week versus golf channel golf tournament was kind of held, and that was just an event so that the guys that were going to shoot the golf could practice shooting golf. And so I'm there doing like, you know, Peter Alice impersonations, and when it was over, I'm doing these like interviews between the winning groups, and they were just doing them again. All of this was was just to to be just kind of like exhibition games, if you will, before we started covering the sport and launched in January of '95. Um, and then it wasn't long after that that they let me go out and do an actual piece for Golf Central, which again, it, I had no formal training in this, but it was golf, the Golf Channel at that point in time was on the air in like, I don't even know, 10,000 houses, maybe. So they could afford to let me try some stuff um, without any real fear of if it was terrible, how bad it would be consumed, because there really weren't that many consumers. Um, and and then the, the first event that they sent me to to cover as an actual reporter was the 95 NCAA Golf Championships. And that's where I met a freshman from Stanford named Tiger Woods. And now, you know, 20-some-odd years later, you and I are talking on the phone, and, and, you know, I've got the career I've got because I met Tiger. And that's really, it's just, that's the simplest thing about this. Like, I, I got where I got because I, I ended up meeting Tiger, and, you know, he and I developed a great professional relationship. Um, but all of that is because Whalen saw this, this, you know, this guy that he saw something in, um, which I know sounds impossible right now, but that's what happened. Well, and Waylon wanted me to be sure to tell you that he believes that this new big multi-million dollar deal you just inked is a result of him telling you to dress like a millionaire golf channel broadcaster. Is there any merit to that quote, or is he just needling you through me? A little bit of needling, but there's there's no question that, you know, again, like, I, I can't overstate how much, like, if there's a movie and you're casting, casting, what the person looks like, how they carry themselves, it's, it's Waylon. This is a guy that, you know, was immaculate. And, and you know, I, the, make sure you let him know back that they were, that they managed to pay me the 25 grand they hired me to do production. They managed to keep paying me that even though I was on TV because I really wasn't hired to be a, a uh, an on-air guy. So it was hard to dress like him on that budget. But, um, <laughs> you know, now that things have worked out all right, I'm able to dress like him. Uh, but, I mean, look, there's a, I have a great fondness for, for Michael, um, and, uh, and I've said this to him privately, and I say it publicly, I'm indebted to him forever, um, because whatever it was he saw, and, and whatever it is that they nurtured and allowed me to, um, to sort of um, explore and, and, cult, and cultivate and, and you know, fail, I wasn't any good at it, I'm sure, um, but over time I became more confident in, in what I was doing. Uh, I'm in forever indebted to him and to the Golf Channel, and it's why I've always said, and it's true, I'll root for the Golf Channel forever uh, because I have uh, great friendships that were born out of that out of that time and that place. 
any more last stories you'd love to share with me about that early time at the Golf Channel, as Keith Hurstland likes to refer to it, the Wild West era? Any great stories that come to mind quickly for you, Scott? I I have to I have to defer to the to protect the innocent. I'll just say that it was uh, it, it, we, we were we were all kind of just uh, on a bit of a joyride. I don't know that anyone knew. Certainly, no one dreamt then that it would become what it is, and I don't know that we that we were all on our best behavior. I think everybody. It's like everyone went to Florida, like sort of like you were mentally going to be on vacation, and you realized after a little bit, oh shit, this is where we live and work. We got we got to pull ourselves together, man. <laughs> um, so I just look. There were you know there were there was a place called Sam Steed. I think it was a it was like a bar restaurant where you know plenty of uh, dinners turned into late nights and whatever else and it was but it was all a group of people that were motivated to try to make something work you know what I mean like I, I don't want to paint the picture that people were behaving recklessly or it, it wasn't like that it's just that the, just mentally you didn't go there knowing it was going to become what it became and so it did over time and that's you know then people knuckled up and got down to what they were good at but I mean stories my god there's the, the wild west is, is a pretty apt description um it was it, it, it wouldn't fly in 2019 just because everybody's a little bit more buttoned up i think we're all a little more self-aware uh, of how we carry ourselves but um you know sure it was it was people were people were uh not, again not I, I, not reckless but just it was florida people were going on you know like on a vacation and it was like oh no, we're not on vacation we're trying to make it work and you know what they made it work I hear that. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask at least one Peter Kessler question. I'm unsure if you know, but I just wrote a piece called Breaking Bad with Peter Kessler that came out from From the Back Tees, a 7,000-word piece on him. Any thoughts on Peter Kessler, good, bad, or otherwise? I'd be very interested. Uh, I, I read it. I, I'm not going to say anything about him on the record. Um, I, I just, I, I just, there's, there's nothing to be gained from, from sharing my recollections of it necessarily, and you know, I, I've seen his his response on Twitter, and I, I, I follow how he, you know, sort of views himself and whatever. I just, I got, I have nothing to say. Uh, okay. About, about him, nothing. I, I got it. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you even taking that much of the question. I appreciate that. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Any final thoughts on Waylon specifically? Uh, I know he's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations uh, after his time at Golf Channel. Any thoughts on any of that or anything else you'd like to share with about him before I let you go? Uh, just, that, just that I'm, I'm indebted to, to, to him, uh, to Farns, to, to every, to Peter Kessler, to everybody that was there at the time. I'm indebted to everyone there who was part of that that time in my life. You know, there were there were a lot of people there that were that were kind, who helped. There are people like like uh, Michael that are, I think have rooted from afar and take some sense of ownership and pride in the fact that it worked out all right on my end. Um, and I'll always root for him in the same way. Um, you know, I know, he's, I know he has had uh, some trials and tribulations. I think everybody roots for that, you know, that a final triumphant act for him in, in whatever capacity he wants it to be. But, um, you know, in, in describing that, that, you know, the craziness of that place, yeah, it was crazy. But the idea was crazy. So it required a little bit of, you know, people, t- you know, taking it to the edge and the limit to, to make it all work. And, and it all did because of a lot of really brilliant people. Um, and, and it's amazing what it's become. So, you know, I'll always root for him and, and for Farns and for, you know, so many of the people.
I hope, as I say, especially for Michael, I hope I hope that whatever that final act of the play is is one that uh, has him walking off the stage appropriately. Well, I imagine that it's going to be that way from getting to know him pretty well. It seems like he's doing great. And thank you so much for taking this call, Scott. I really appreciate it. I know this is a busy day. Uh, where you got Kawhi Leonard going? Uh, if I knew the answer to that, you, uh, I'd be in Vegas and we'd, we'd all be wealthy. It's, it's a, it'll be fun to find out. I thought all year it was Clippers. Uh, that's what everybody in the game thought. And then uh, they win in, he wins in Toronto. Like, if he stayed there, it wouldn't shock me. If, it, if it's the Lakers, that would surprise me because I don't think he, that, that that's how he's wired to want to be part of those, that group, one of the, that threesome. Um, but I, can, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you can know with Kawhi because so much is kept so close to the vest. So it's, it's a, it would be a guess, whatever I'd say. I'll, I'll shrug and say Clippers just because that's what I've thought all year, but I wouldn't bet one nickel on it. Oh, there you go. I think you, you've hit it on the head. It's, it's anybody's guess with hours to go. Right on, Scott. Thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye.